Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the view from the opposition and this week it comes from Lee Wilmot from Football London. Is Newcastle head down to Spurs to try and win once again on the road? Only one win this season for Newcastle tonight and they head into that game on the back of a disappointing 3-0 thumping off Everton on Thursday night in Merseyside. Lee, welcome to the podcast. How are you keeping? Thanks for having me along. Um, yes, I'm very well. I'm a little bit tired. Um, it was a late night coming back from uh, from Spurs last night. Um, and like with Newcastle, um, a very disappointing result for Spurs last night. Um, so both teams going into the weekend, not in the uh, not in the best of form, are they? No, and look, uh, Newcastle's uh, performance and defeat have been very disappointing. But the one thing that gives me slight hope is the fact that Spurs have fallen off a cliff somewhat. And on our match preview episode, um, I read out a wonderful stat that Spurs have now uh, made history with. And it is they're the first team uh, to go ahead in five consecutive games and not win. Is that correct? It sounds about right, yeah. sounds about right. I think they're the first side to lose three consecutive home games haven't gone ahead in those games as well. So it's that's that more than anything. That gives me a little bit of hope ahead of Sunday. Yeah, it's um, it's a weird one um, because obviously last night I was there last night and uh, wasn't we, we controlled the game for the, the first half um, really um, and got 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 ahead. But I was I was sat there thinking we're not actually playing to our best here. We we were kind of getting in the positions. The number of passes I think the passing stats were something like Spurs had seven hundred passes last night compared to West Ham's um, one hundred and eighty or two hundred something like that. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it always felt last night like we were we were doing all the tippy tappy stuff, but there was no end product. Any of the shots we had on goal were really tame. Um, weren't quite kind of. Um, cutting the lines um, of the West Ham defence, essentially. Um, and I just sat there thinking, I've seen how how good Spurs can be this season. And against West Ham last night, it was nowhere near it. Um, and I think Ange Postacoglu uh, was asked afterwards, he said, well, it was a good first half, um, not so much in the second. And Ange quite openly said, not really. What wasn't a great first half? Um, a good first half is being two or three nil up when, you're, when you've got that much possession and you're that dominant. Um, we didn't do that. And... We were made to we were made to pay for it essentially. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Don't know, don't know what kind of Tottenham you're going to get because a few weeks back at home we lost to Aston Villa, um, but were absolutely brilliant. And on another day could have gone four or five nil up against Villa really with the chances that we created. Just didn't put the ball in the back of the net, um, and then got punished for that. And then didn't really produce anything last night against West Ham and were, were punished for that. So. Yeah, you're not quite sure what's, what what team's going to turn up because it's sandwiched in between those two games. It's obviously, the, the the away game against Manchester City, who obviously not in the best of form, but three chances, we had three goals essentially, and and drew the game three all. So what is it then? Because obviously they've taken the lead in so many games, and that stat that I mentioned is correct. It's it's, it's five games without winning despite taking the lead. Is is it that they're crumbling once they, 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 they get the goal? Is it the expectation from 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 fans perhaps that they can't handle that? What do you think the reason is that they just can't seem to see out victories? It's it's hard to put your finger on it really, um, because they will attempt to keep playing the Ange Postecoglou way. He he doesn't know any different essentially. He he wants teams to go for the throat whether you're whether you're one nil up, whether it's nil nil, whether you're four nil up. He wants his teams to keep going essentially. Um and there have been occasions where he's not been impressed with with the team taking their foot off the pedal as it were. Um I don't know, it's just it's just a bit of a worry in terms of that front three, I think, at the minute, just not quite performing to the standards that we know they can do. Um, Brennan Johnson last night, a bit off, bit off the pace. Um, 
Dejan Kulusevski can be a little bit hit and miss sometimes. He's, he's kind of moved back into that right of the front three, having kind of spent the last couple of games playing in the number 10 role. Um, he was pushed back in there and, and thrived in there. Um, perhaps that didn't help last night, being moved back in, into the right side of the front three. He wasn't um, up to his best. And Son Heung-min last night just wasn't in the game at all. Um, so when your front three aren't really aren't really doing that, and then the midfield... We, massively missing James Madison of course in there the kind of creative um, creative force that he is um, but you look at Giovanni Lo Celso he's been, he's been really good in the last couple of games he's stepped up to the plate um, Pierre Morhoibier wasn't great last night Yves Basuma has been a bit hit and miss after such an outstanding start to the season I don't know it's just we're just going through a bit of a sticky patch um, at the minute, I think. Um, and it's one of those you just have to try and navigate your way through. Um, we could have navigated our way through against West Ham with a kind of a, a mediocre win last night, um, but a couple of mistakes at the back and, and you're punished, essentially. You mentioned at the start how you were sitting there and you were thinking, goodness me, like we're not really uh, looking like we're going to win this game. And I'm just wondering, do you, do you think, did you get the sense that that's kind of, how the majority of the crowd felt. And I'm just wondering how that plays into Sunday, say if Newcastle get an early goal or if indeed Spurs get the goal and go ahead. And then is everyone thinking, oh goodness me, we've been here five times previously and we haven't won any of these games? I think it's all going to depend on whether Newcastle can defend um, against Spurs. West Ham clearly came last night, didn't press at all in the first half and barely pressed in the second either, to, to be fair. Uh, they were quite happy to let the Spurs defenders have the ball. They set up in their shape. Um, you have the ball, you try and break us down, essentially. Um, so that's why the, the passing stats come there. So if if Newcastle can can sit in, and I don't think Newcastle will do that, well, I don't think they'll sit in a defensive formation. I think Everything that I've seen from Newcastle is that they want to they, they want to play football under Eddie Howe. So I can see it being an open game. It it will come down to whether they if the Spurs forward line is ticking, um, can Newcastle keep them at bay? There's always going to be goals in Tottenham games, and I think there's always going to be goals in Newcastle games as well, aren't there? It's, do you think it's going to be an entertaining game this weekend? I don't know. Truth be told. If I mean, obviously, you were at the, the, the Spurs game, so you maybe haven't seen uh, the highlights of the Newcastle outing game, but Newcastle were, were dead on their feet. They were absolutely knackered. Two mistakes from Kieran Trippier allowed Everton to get the, the first two goals. You know, that was a, a real sign of a tired man, but it was a collectively a really tired performance simply because the last uh, three or four games, it's been the same starting 11. Injuries are now really starting to hit Newcastle. Eddie Howe can't change it up. He doesn't trust the players he's got on the bench to to come on for the final 10, 15 minutes, maybe. Well, because he hasn't got any game changes on the bench. I I don't know how it, it's going to go on Sunday. If Newcastle yeah, start the game like they finished the game against Everton, where they were absolutely done in, and given the quick turnaround, I could see Everton getting uh, more than one early goal. And then, then you do look at maybe damage limitation for Newcastle. If Newcastle managed to get some players back and Eddie Howe wasn't too clear in his press conference whether he'd be expecting one or two back there was hope that there could be a couple back but then you ask the question will they be match sharp um, I think Eddie Howe's in such a position that that might not actually matter he might just throw them in anyway that might change things but yeah it's it's it, everything's starting to catch up with Newcastle and I think if I was Spurs and I was a Spurs gaffer I'd be looking at this game and thinking We've got to be getting a win here, you know, and we can exploit the tidiness of that Newcastle United side because as much effort and commitment Newcastle have got, and that's never in doubt, they are running on empty right now. 
it's almost it's walking wounded versus walking wounded, isn't it? We've we've complained at Spurs that we're missing the key players. Madison's still out. Um, Mickey Van der Ven's going to be out until. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry, I'm I'm just getting over a cold. Apologies for people listening in to me coughing. Mickey van der Ven obviously out until January. Two key players for Spurs um, there. Richarlison's only just coming back from injury. Um, Pat Matasar came off the bench last night, just coming back from injury. Um, Rodrigo, Rodrigo Bentoncourt would obviously be a, a massive player in, in the middle of the park. He's he's out until the beginning of the year as well. Um, but I, f- I feel bad talking about injuries for Spurs when when Newcastle have got how how many at the minute? How many waiting to come back in? It's thirteen out, um, and then I'm not sure that list I've just seen there includes Tonali. So Tonali's obviously banned until uh, August uh, ne- next year. Yeah, I was going to say when you mentioned injuries, I can just hear our listeners throwing yeah. their phone across the room in frustration, saying you don't have any idea about injuries <laughs> early. But yeah, it is. It, 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 it's catching up with them. The players who have come in have been absolutely brilliant, but you know you can't expect players, the same team, to start against Chelsea, to start against PSG, to start against Manchester United, to start against Everton. And it is likely to be the same team that starts against Spurs and then probably the same team that starts against AC Milan. I mean, this is a defining month for Newcastle. And there's a stat going around that in those games I've just mentioned, the bench has only collectively... Uh, played 25 minutes of football given those games you know that it's not sustainable and it's really going to be interesting to see what he does on Sunday given the importance as well of Wednesday against DC Milan it's 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 going to be a difficult task to uh to pick the the, the team up and just to get that energy back back in them but um yeah it's certainly going to be an interesting one um in terms of of, of the impact the man just had I mean he, he he's come in and he's he seemed to turn Spurs into everyone's second side um, <laughs> with fantastic football, entertaining football. They were flying, you know, towards the top of the league. Um, it, has the honeymoon period kind of worn off now? And are we starting to see maybe it wasn't as great as it appeared? I mean, this is looking from the outside in, of course. Um, yeah, I think... If you, if you look at it, I think Spurs fans didn't expect the start that we got off to um, because we, we'd we kind of looked at what happened at Celtic under Ange, what he'd done in Japan and Australia, and it always took a little while for his methods and his philosophy to get across to the, the players that he had at his disposal. Um, so I think we all expected it to be a bit of a slow burn um, and then to get into our groove maybe... November, December, January time, um, and the, and then start playing the, the Ange way, as it were. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a big surprise that we got off to such a good start. Um, so I think I think there is a realism that we we knew that there there would be problems, there would be teething problems somewhere along the line. Um, I think yeah, we as we say, we just expected it at the beginning rather than um, later on. So. I don't think anyone really, there, there was obviously a dream that, oh, we could be in the title race this year. I, I don't think anyone really thought that was going to happen. Um, 10 games unbeaten, all it required was for a few injuries, a few suspensions, which we got. Um, and you could see that the squad depth just isn't there to, to challenge at the very top of the league. Um, I think most people will be looking at finishing top four, top five. If we can finish fifth and get that that Champions League, that extra Champions League spot this year, that, that I think that'll be a great season. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a honeymoon period um, over as, as such. I think it's just the 
the teething problems that we expected with Ange and just not having the squad depth. He can't call upon his first 11. I think if he had managed to keep that first 11 going that we started the first 10 games with, you might have seen us keep going and keep going. Again, I still don't think we were good enough to win the league, but you might have seen us keep bobbling bobbling along, essentially picking up draws and maybe defeat here and there rather than no wins in five, as it has been at the minute. So... Um, it's yeah, it's it's Newcastle on 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 Sunday is, is going to be an interesting one for Ange because yeah, it's it's five games now without a win, um, and th- th- it's not a rot as such, but you you want to stop that run as quickly as possible. Really, we we all thought it would it ended with a three all draw at Manchester City, and then last night happened. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting on Sunday. It certainly is, and I mean from the other side, Newcastle will want to get another victory on on the road. As I mentioned earlier, only uh, a victory against Sheffield United earlier this season. Their way record is is awful. And I was very worried about going to Goodison Park because of that. Um, I predicted a, a draw. I didn't see a three 0 win coming, and I do worry again um, about 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 Sunday. Uh, it, it, you mentioned before about how West Ham came and kind of uh, just sat back and invited Spurs on. How are you thinking Spurs are going to approach the game on Sunday against Newcastle? Is it they're going to just trying to attack or they're going to try and invite Newcastle on and, and absorb the pressure and hit on the counter. How will they approach it? They'll, they'll approach it in the same way. They'll try and outpass Newcastle um, and try and pick through the lines. Um, and yet yeah, Ange Postecoglou way is to attack, essentially. Um, you could, you look at it in, I was speaking to someone last night, you look at it in two ways. Like, Tottenham will make mistakes um, playing around with the ball at the back because it's a risky strategy. Um, what Ange wants them to do, he wants them to play those risky passes and to get out of trouble and then move along the pitch quickly, taking two or three opposition players out of the out of the game, essentially. Um, West Ham didn't do that. So from West Ham's point of view, you could come to Spurs and, and try and force the mistakes um, and get the goals. Um, but at the same time, if you play that way, you invite Spurs to just rip through you, essentially, um, at pace uh, on the attack. So they, they didn't do that. They took their opportunities when they came, the mistakes that Spurs made at the back. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's no other way for Ange Postacoglu. He, he won't change his way. He's already said it um, enough times in interviews when people have asked him. What he did. He, I think he got tired of being asked if he would change his way for Man City. Um, didn't do that and managed to get a result. So, yeah, you, you won't see anything other than Spurs attacking Newcastle from the off on, on Saturday, unless the players don't listen to the manager, of course. And we probably won't be seeing that. It, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I think Newcastle on the day are the best pressing side in the Premier League. We saw that against Manchester United and we, we've seen that countless times over the last uh, couple of seasons. But the worry is, is just how fit they are to do that on on Sunday. They couldn't do it against Everton. They did it a couple of times. And, and I think that's the massive frustration from the Everton game is that when Newcastle did press, you know, uh, Coleman was one example when they tried to chase down Pickford, they, they forced the issue. They got half chances, but they just didn't seem to have the legs about them to do it to the standard in which they've set. Now, was 48 hours uh, enough time to, to get the, the batteries recharged? I'm not too sure it is. I think they will probably try and press Spurs in, into mistakes, a bit like they did last season in the, in the victory uh, down there, 2-1, wasn't it? And for me, that was the turning point, um, uh, Freddie Howe at Newcastle. That was, that was the win which said, we are here, because it was executed perfectly. It was a fantastic win um, against one of the, the so-called big sides. And, you know, the, if, if they're on the day, Newcastle will will force Spurs into mistakes. But also, interestingly, we've seen examples of it this season where they've had to 
um, sit back and absorb, or they've had to have the ball and pass it around as well. So they're comfortable doing one of three kind of styles. The pressing is their best style. So it's certainly going to be interesting to see if they can um, just find a little bit about them that they didn't have on, on Thursday. Uh, Do you think is... they will press on Sunday? It's it's difficult because it all just comes down to their to their stamina and their fitness. Um, and I don't really know how you measure that other than watching in real time in those ninety minutes. Um, it's yeah, it's if, again, it just comes down to how fit they are, and I'm not yeah. really sure how how you make that judgment on on the. I talk about it being. Yeah, I talk about it being risk and reward for Tottenham, but it's also very much risk and reward for the opposition team as well because mm. you, you take that risk to try and win the ball off Spurs and if it, if it, if it comes off, then you essentially you give yourself, you're in and around the box, so you give yourself an opportunity to have a shot at goal. Um, but if it, if it doesn't come off, then Spurs are in behind you um, and away and, and that front three, if they, yeah, if they are um, on, on top form, then they can, they can hurt anyone in the league really. Oh, dangerous, dangerous. I mean, Son is my uh, wife's favourite football player. Really? Okay. There you go. Because uh, Spurs versus Newcastle was her first live game at St James's Park. And she took to uh, supporting Spurs from then on in instead of Newcastle. I, oh, I wow. don't know why, but uh, that's that's the path she's trodden down. So, yeah, she she loves Son. So, if Son ends up scoring on Sunday, our household will be um, an interesting one uh, to be in. Uh, in terms of the, the weakness of Spurs, is it that defence? Is that what Newcastle and Anyhow will be looking to exploit? Yeah, I think the um, <coughs> the uh, the extra that we're, we're missing, Mickey van der Ven alongside Christian Romero. Christian Romero came back last night. Obviously, he scored the goal against West Ham, um, but he was kind of, he was back to his best. Um, even um, we've we've written about it on um, Football London this morning that he did a little apology to the fans as well for missing three games through the, through that red card against um, Chelsea, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it was great to have him back. Uh, he's an weirdly he's a calming influence when, when he's got his head straight he is a calming influence at the back um it's just when he makes those rash decisions that we saw against um Chelsea that um things get the better of him but he is a calming influence back there Ben Davis a left back playing left center back has is, is a steady pair of hands not not the best um I think many Spurs fans will say so if Newcastle can get him of course and it all depends on um on the, the midfield duo as well um, Eve Basuma, as I say, started the season on fire. First 10, 12 games was brilliant. Um, had a little bit of um, stop-start because of the suspension, the first suspension for the red card against Luton. Then he picked up the five bookings, so had another suspension um, and just hasn't been able to recreate um, what he what he started the season with. Pat Matasar was has been brilliant um, at the start of the season, but then last night was the first time we'd seen him since the international break because he picked up an in- injury. Um, Hoybier when he's come off the bench this season has been excellent when he started not so much um benton missing obviously so you just through the middle through the middle there is where you can probably get at spurs and and if you can turn turn the ball over um in Spurs attacking areas, if you find that Pedro Porro or Destiny Doggy uh, have gone up the pitch and got into attacking areas, because there was so many occasions, you see one of those two fullbacks are the furthest man forward. It's just the way Ange wants to play. He doesn't doesn't necessarily invert his fullbacks. He just lets them do what they want, lets them bomb on wherever they want to go. So there are opportunities to get in um, in around the, um, the the back within the fullbacks as well. If you catch Spurs, if you catch one of them forward, but that I would say 
is probably where Spurs are strongest. Pedro Porro has been brilliant this season. Destiny Odoggi at 19, I think 20, almost 20. Um, revelation. Um, obviously made the mistake last night for the, the West Ham winning goal. Shouldn't have shouldn't have been playing a pass back to his goalkeeper randomly. Um, but he's always tended to come back from little setbacks that he's had. So, yeah, I would say there are opportunities through the middle with Ben Davis in that midfield. But again, opportunities on the wings as well if if, um, if Newcastle can turn over the ball and get moving quickly. Well, in recent weeks, that's when Newcastle have probably been strongest is down the wings with Kieran Trippier yeah, and Miguel Almiron on the right and Anthony Gordon and Livermento on the left. Didn't work against Everton on, on Thursday. Gordon looked like the occasion got the better of him, obviously going back to Goodison Park. And Kieran Trippier yeah, guilty of um, two errors for the first two goals. Um, I was expecting some golden magic against his old club for my fantasy team, but nothing happened. Yeah, it just seemed to get the better of him. He just looked very shy. He looked like he looked uncomfortable. There was, there was a lot of smiling, and I, it, it wasn't the Gordon that that we've come to see it in black and white, where he's a bit spiky. I felt he would channel it, he would bottle it, and use it. But he just he seemed, like I say, shy. He seemed too eager to make a point as well. There was a couple of efforts where he should have done better, but he just snatched at them. Uh, hopefully, uh, against Spurs, he doesn't do that and he's back to his best because he's been Newcastle's informed player. I, he's I an interesting one against Spurs as well because Spurs were interested in signing him, um, mm. weren't they, a couple of years back when Newcastle um, when Newcastle got him? Yeah, look, and, and I think there was a few doubters when Newcastle signed him about his attitude and what have you. It wasn't seem to be a priority by some, but he's been he's been tremendous this season. Without him, Newcastle wouldn't be anywhere uh, near where they are in in, in the table. I guess if Spurs are looking to to maybe exploit what happened uh, to Newcastle against Everton, they might look to exploit Kieran Trippier, perhaps. Two errors, as we mentioned there. But he's been tremendous. Arguably still one of the best right-backs in the world. Spurs fans will know um, all about him. I'm expecting him just to, to, to kind of forget what happened against against Everton. But, you know, the opposition on Sunday, Spurs will, will maybe look to... Well, they'll be keeping everything crossed that he has a couple more errors in, in, in his game. He's a consummate professional, isn't he? Um, we, we saw it at Spurs. Um, it still kind of baffles me a little bit that we let him go. Um, and Atletico um, came in and he clearly can still do a job in the Premier League. He's been absolutely brilliant for Newcastle, hasn't he? And it's kind of one of those that <coughs> when we went through a period of not having the, the greatest right-backs in the world, um, you, you kind of looked at it and think, well, it'd be nice to have Kieran Trippier back. Um, now we're kind of thriving at the minute with Pedro Porro, who, um, as I say, has been brilliant this season. But yeah, he'll have um, he'll have his hands full, I think, with um, with Destiny Doggy down down the left-hand side. And if Brennan Johnson wants to have a go at him as well, um, we, we know Brennan Johnson's got pace about him and, and can and can attack um, the right fullback. So yeah, it'll be um, interesting down that um, that Spurs left and, and Newcastle's right. You've mentioned a couple of players. Uh, just there. I mean, if I was to ask you who the, the the main threat is, the one man Eddie Howe above all else will want to keep quiet. Who who are you putting forward? At the minute, weirdly, is probably Pedro Porro. Um, he's just, he is flying at the moment. Um, he's he's down the right-hand side. He's backing up Dejan Kulusevski. He's getting into the middle. He's looking for the ball everywhere. Um, he had the assist for the goal last night from his corner, obviously, um, that Romero put in. Um, so, yeah, he is the, the right-back's weirdly the danger man at the minute. But I suppose there's, there's been occasions this year where Kieran Trippier has been the danger man for Newcastle, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah certainly more often than not. And, you know, these players, I think you mentioned one of the players, that the, the young lad who made a mistake last night. It happens, doesn't it? It's professional football. They're going to have moments of, of, of lapse of con- concentration, but you know, these players will, will, will definitely uh, bounce back. 
is there a player in particular uh, that you're worried about from a Newcastle point of view that you, that you that you think Spurs should be fearful of? You've already mentioned Anthony Gordon, given his his form. Um, is is Alexander Isak fit? He did play last night, didn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, he should be fit. He played another uh, ninety minutes last night, so he'll be fit, but tired. But he, he all being well, he should be fit um, to start on, on on Sunday. You would think. He's not scoring a lot recently, is he? I, have, I, don't, I feel like I haven't seen him score a lot of goals, but he, I always think he's such a quality finisher. Um, always good with the ball at his feet, quite happy to dribble past players and, and lay the ball off as well to, to teammates. And that that game last season at St. James's Park still gives me nightmares. Um, just awful, awful display from Tottenham. Um, and yeah, I'm sure your um, your Newcastle fans, probably one of their highlights of the season last year, wasn't it? That 5-0 in 20 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, still one of those games that you still can't quite believe when anyone ever mentions it. But yeah, Isaac was on absolute fire um, that day, as 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 were most of the Newcastle United side. But yeah, you're right with Isaac. He's not scoring too many goals, but I think there's a feeling from some that he was maybe rushed back into the side because of the the issue with Callum Wilson picked up a hamstring injury. Newcastle were then left without an out and out striker, which meant I mean Isaac had been out for. For three for three games um, with a groin injury, and Newcastle just needed him back. So I, I I think, in my opinion, I think Eddie Howe would have liked to have kept him out a little bit longer just to make sure he's more up to scratch. But as it was, you know, he, he didn't have that that luxury. I mean, he scored against Chelsea, um, and he scored against um, he scored in the he scored against PSG as well in the Champions League, and he had his chances against Everton. But I think what we saw. Was a tired Alexander Isak. There was a glancing header. He probably should have felt he should have done better with that. And then the second half, he decided to try and lift it over Jordan Pickford instead of just slotted underneath him. Again, I think an Isak fully fit, sharp, mentally fit. I think finishes both of them 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 um, efforts on goal. But this is what Newcastle are dealing with an injury it's, crisis. But, yeah, but you, yeah, but you look at it and um, Anthony Gordon, um, Isak there, um, Bruno Gramaish, obviously, if I probably said his name completely wrong there. Um, Trippier is, uh, is uh, dangerous um, in, in attack. Um, Miggy Almiron, um, quality player, I think, from my point of view. There is, there is quality through that Newcastle side. Oh yeah, 100%. And I think everyone from a Newcastle perspective is just, is just thinking, imagine if, if they had the squad depth that they could bring Isaac off after an hour um, or if they could play Callum Wilson on Sunday and give Isaac a rest ahead of a must-win game against Milan on, on, on Wednesday. But at the moment, Newcastle can't do it. Anyhow, can't do it. And it wouldn't surprise us if on Sunday at some point you do see um, some youngsters coming off the bench because I think given the importance of, of Wednesday night, Eddie Howe doesn't like to think ahead, but he's going to have to because Newcastle need to win that game. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens as the game uh, progresses. But it, it is very much, uh, Lee, the battle for, for fifth, really, isn't it? And, you know, we, we talk about Spurs' form of late, but if they, if they beat Newcastle on Sunday, I mean, obviously, um, the top four do play, of course, on the weekend as well, but they'll be on 30 points and still very much within the mix. If Newcastle beat Spurs, they'll be on 29 points. They would jump ahead of Spurs in the table and not be too far off the battle um, for, for the top four either. Uh, it, Look, it, 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 some some people look at that table and think, oh, it kind of it's it, it's the teams above are starting to get a gap between the, the teams in, in kind of 
um, fifth to sixth to seventh. But actually, one win puts you straight back in the fold for top four football. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal are probably ahead of everyone else in the league at the minute. Um, I th- I can see it being a three horse race for the title this year, um, and then it is those two, the fourth and fifth, I think, um, that are, that are really up for grabs, and it, it could be a really exciting um, season, particularly if you've got those three that. Go at it, hammer and tongs at the top for the for the title, and then you've got the likes of Spurs, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Manchester United, somehow working their way in there, um, challenging for the fourth and fifth as well. Um, it could be, yeah, I, th- I think it could be really exciting, um, ex- kind of second half of the season once we get there. Yeah, certainly. So when Newcastle finally get some players back and maybe dip their toe in the transfer market as well, uh, all that remains to be done is to get your score prediction. How's Sunday going to go? Oh, it's tough to call, isn't it? I think there's going to be goals. Um, I'd like to think that after three straight home defeats, Spurs have actually put it right um, because it's it's yeah it's it's not been good um, at home at the minute um, with Newcastle's injuries. I don't know. Maybe Spurs to nick it um, in a three-two or maybe a two-all draw. Um, I'd, we could we could do with a win at Spurs. Um, but I'm sure after Everton, Newcastle could as well say they could do with a win as well. So, um, yeah, two, two all or three two. I think Spurs. I don't. I don't think we'll lose it. Um, but I didn't think we'd lose to West Ham last night. In the match preview, I said two nil to Newcastle. No reason for it. It's just what came into my head um, that was flashing on my mind. My head kind of does say Spurs win because of the waveform, because of the injuries, and because I'm not really expecting anyhow to be able to change. His starting eleven at all, and I think they'll just be just they'll just be knackered. But Spurs' inability to hold on to a lead does give me hope. Um, so I'm going to go yeah. to. I said two 0 That means Spurs wouldn't take the lead. So I mean that's <laughs> a, 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 a irrelevant point. But yeah, yeah, I think Spurs' form of late does give me a little bit of hope that Newcastle can 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 get a, uh, get something. And I think especially if Spurs get that first goal, I think then the next 10, 15 minutes after that is going to be really interesting because I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, you know, if Spurs don't add a second rather quickly or if Newcastle suddenly pick up after 15, 20 minutes, then does the nerve start to go around the around the stadium, do you think? I'm not sure not sure it goes around the stadium. The atmosphere was good last night. Um it was West Ham, so it's always going to be good. But um I think, yeah, the, the, there is a little bit, um, a little bit of that anxiety if we don't go two and three nil up when we're dominating games because we've seen Obviously, in the, in the last few weeks, just what happens when, when we don't kill off teams when, when we should do, really. Um, and I think, yeah, in terms of like team, it's going to be interesting. Um, Ange Postacoglu's holding his press conference now, I think. Um, Son Heung-min went off last night. He had a pretty poor game, but he went off with a little bit of a limp last night as well. So that might be an interesting one for Newcastle fans to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, well, thank you, Lee, for popping on to Though Thing is Black and White Podcast. A pleasure to chat to you all things Tottenham Hotspurs. To you guys watching and listening, please hit follow or subscribe, depending on the platform you're joining us on. And head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for the latest Newcastle United news, including the build-up to this game and live coverage of the game through our dedicated live blog at Spurs versus Newcastle United. And we'll see you guys very soon. Peace.